Thank yes. God for the list. Episode three. Yeah, it'd be good if I actually had it opened. Um, let's see. That was or ever looked at it. Okay, welcome everyone to episode 55 of the Tokyo Jazz Joints podcast. James, how the hell are you? Man, I am, um, I'm burnt out, man. I've been hitting the pavements here in the very hot, overly hot and sweaty streets of Tokyo and Yokohama, going to distant jazz joints, taking notes for you to prepare for your trip when you get back so you can go around and take pictures. Um, yeah, I've been working hard, man. Um, you know, unlike, um, well, unlike Europeans, for example, I, uh, I've got that American work ethic, Philip, so I've been, you know, not taking any days off. I know you've not really been doing anything over in Belfast, just been a bit floppy, right? Yeah, yeah, not much. That's the uh, that's the entire European continent pissed off. So that's a good start. Well done. Um, <laughs> let me let me let, let me let me set the scene for you. So obviously you're being facetious. I hope uh, it's been what can only be described as an incredibly intense four days. Because as you will know, listeners, if you are keeping track of our progress on Instagram, the books for want of a better word, disappeared temporarily. It was difficult to locate them. No one seemed to know where they were. And there was all sorts of strange stories coming about drivers having spoken with me and me turned them away and et cetera, et cetera. As it turns out, it was a simple case of wrong country code on a phone number and telephone chain getting the message getting lost. And I'm happy to say on the Thursday morning, the books arrived, all 730 of them. And over the last four days, James, it's been a case of unboxing, uh, signing, stamping, numbering, uh, then repackaging, boxing, labeling. And incredibly, this morning, I dropped off the last 140 at the post office. So 600 books, 36 countries are now winging their way to people who pledged the Kickstarter campaign. And hopefully, by the time that you listen to this podcast on Sunday, some of you, if not a good chunk of you, will have received your books. So it's been a little bit of hell, but also, James, in a, in a really kind of weird way, very satisfying because obviously we are very grateful for all the support for the Kickstarter campaign and to be able to finally... Six or seven months later, pled, uh, you know, to to fulfill those pledges and fulfill those promises we made, and also within the deadline we set, which was July twenty twenty three. So, very very happy indeed. Man, Philip, job well done. I mean, um, I, I listen. Not that I wanted to spend three days packing up uh, boxes, but no, I wish I had been there for it. You know, I wish I could have taken part in that, but um, I really can't wait as well now. And again, by the time people are listening to this, I, I think we will start to get some, at least a trickle of feedback from people who um, supported us at Kickstarter and are are now looking through the book. And uh, that's that's just going to be that's just going to be one of the final final steps of excitement for me is starting to get those messages. You know, um, and uh, yeah, but but Philip, you did bury the lead just slightly. Um, you didn't tell our listeners that they can still get up on Instagram and see you rocking an unbelievably exotic red beard because you didn't have time to shave during this entire like stressful four days of of where are the books and then getting the books and packing the books and and I believe a a certain comment of uh, well you know I, I'm trying to trying to imitate James's you know beautiful beautiful dark beard uh, look how, how could how could you how could you forget that for the for our podcast listeners you know? well I know I mean. Very big news here. 
to be honest, it was sort of, uh, there was an element of dirty protest to the whole thing. The, bear, the beard came off the day the books arrived. <laughs> and I think I was just so distraught because incredibly this, you know, when, when you're getting something to the post office or DHL or any of these companies, you get a tracking number, you get all this information. But when it comes to shipping, it doesn't seem to be quite the same. And then obviously no one had my phone number. So probably I, I should have had some sort of contact. So it was very much a case of they're coming on the Wednesday, then it was the Friday, then it was the Monday, then it was the Tuesday. And so the result was I just had to sit in the house for four days because there's no time given. So and I and and the, the longer the wait became, the more likely it was that the minute you go out to walk the dog or you nip to the shop, these books are gonna arrive and you're gonna get a note to say, sorry we came, but we couldn't deliver them. So I was just <laughs> kind of trapped in the house. Coming back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I just grew the beard as, as as a form of protest, I suppose. But look, the books came we're so delighted and I have have to say like I didn't do it on my own I had thank I had a great help from my brother Paul I had uh, great help from Michael uh, from Julie and also a uh, big shout out to David Fitzgerald because he uh, is a spreadsheet wizard and he did all manner of black magic on a spreadsheet uh, and he uh, got all the logistics of all these addresses in 36 different countries and people's pledge levels and all this sort of business and loaded it all up to to the postal wow. website. So we were able well, to I'm do so all the postage so up front. That, it was uh, brilliant. I'm so glad he was there for, for that because I would uh, probably not have been that efficient if you'd asked me to make up a, a spreadsheet. But um, no, definitely you owe, owe good a couple rounds of drinks for, for all of those fine people. And um, Yeah, that was but, brilliant. But Philip, in, in addition to all of the hard work, um, you were able to celebrate just a little bit afterwards though, correct? Yeah, well, actually before, well, I haven't, I mean, afterwards is, is right now, so that will come. But there was a bit of a party last week. Again, you might have seen this on Instagram. I don't know, like I, I used to work with people who didn't have a birthday. They kind of did like a week or like a month of birthday events. So so I'm thinking, you know, we just do as many launches of this book as possibly can. But um, it was the sort of official launch, I guess, in Belfast. Uh, and it was in Rattlebag where um, I've been doing some of those listening events and on not quite a monthly basis but like uh, nine or ten so far over the last year year and a half and actually Rattlebag were fantastic they put on uh, some drinks welcome drinks a Tokyo iced tea would you believe and they also put on some food all Japanese themed and it was just a really nice opportunity to share the book with people uh, to sell some books to to talk about the project and also on this occasion at least not have the pressure of DJing as well because uh, Michael took over those duties for me so it was a really really nice uh, really nice evening and thanks to all the people if you do listen to the podcast for coming there, there's a couple of people James I think probably need a bit of a shout out and I, I thought I'd kept these from you because I thought you'd quite enjoy this so um a special shout out to to Lorraine and uh, and Emmett and James. This is probably going to make your head swell to the point where, it's particularly with the humidity and the heat, you may not get out of that little room that you're in. But basically, um, Lorraine and Emmett are big fans of the podcast, and um, incredibly, the last time they saw each other was uh, back in. Uh, February 2020 in Glasgow in the Barrowlands Ballroom where uh, and they were at a gig together and of course we all know what happened after February 2020 so they hadn't seen each other since and actually Lorraine had texted me on Instagram saying you know are you planning to do any launches or any anything around the project in Scotland I had no plans and so I just simply got this message back saying well 
it looks like I'm booking a flight to Belfast then, and which I thought at the time was a joke, but turns out it wasn't. Uh, and she happily came uh, to the party, reunited, James, reunited with her good friend. And the, the incredible thing is they're big fans of the podcast. And not only that, they sort of seem to know it to the level of being able to pinpoint certain episodes. So there's a few comments like, uh, oh, remember when James said that thing in episode 27? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, wow. so, you know, we thought wow. we were nerds, right? We thought we were nerds, mm. but, you know, they've taken it to the next level. So I just thought it was a lovely thing. And, and it's I one mean, of those things that we've talked about the project. We were bringing people together through this music. And, like, uh, it's fantastic, right? I, I mean, it just... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> mind mind blown, man. It just goes to show you that uh, not only the 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 love of of this jazz kisa world is a lot more out there than maybe we was certainly than we ever thought when we started, but um, also the appreciation of um, of our lovely personalities for, for for keeping the podcast going. People are listening and re-listening to the, to the fact that they can even quote it. But oh my god, that's just. That is just fantastic to hear. I mean, I might and have so to, I might were, have to question. They were, the, the, they were at the gig at Rattlebag then. In, yeah, so they were at the party at Rattlebag. Yeah, so they came specially for it. Yeah, so just fantastic. fantastic. Now, Emmett has been to a couple of listening events because he's based here, but mm-hmm. just a really nice way. And I think that was the kind of the feel of the whole evening. It was just people enjoying the book, enjoying the project, just just you know, being very kind and, and it was just a nice way to share it with like an audience and some of whom, you know, were, were friends and family, some of whom were people who come to listening events and some people who had never been down before, you know, and, and, um, it was just, just, just a fantastic opportunity. Another guy came up at the end. His name is Michael. He's, uh, owner of the legendary uh, bureau shop in Belfast, which uh, has been going a long, long time. I think he said originally he opened it in 1989. Uh, very stylish shop, still going strong, beautiful stuff. Stocks a lot of Japanese brands as well. And James, this is a direct quote. He said, I discovered your podcast uh, just before lockdown and I absolutely love it. He said, the number of nights that I have fallen asleep listening to you and James talk shite. <laughs> So there's a thought for you. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm 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 tickled pink, um, but I have to say, not the first person who's ever fallen asleep listening to me talk shite. So that's exactly what I said. I, I, that's exactly I, what I, I said to Julie. I was like, "That's that's what she does all the time. That's most nights she falls <laughs> asleep listening to me talking shit." Oh, wow. <laughs> that's fantastic! <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Who would have thought our voices would replace the traditional uh, lullaby to put people to sleep? So anyway, shout out to those people and thanks to everyone and Rattlebag for your support and encouragement and enthusiasm. Uh, we love you all. So book news done, James. We need to move on to, to the to matter at hand, which is a fantastic joint that we've both been to separately. And it's a very unique place, wouldn't you say? Certainly a very unique place. One of the most unique. Um, and uh, I think that, let's see, so I, I first went there uh, so, yeah, almost exactly six months ago. I think listeners remember I mentioned my, my three-day trip up north to Tohoku, northeast of Japan, um, a little bit stupidly at the end of January. Um, and just about 20 minutes on the train east of Sendai. Sendai is the, the major city in the north of Japan is a town called Takajo, and this is in Miyagi Prefecture. 
brand new place um, just recently built called Paragonian. Now, Philip, you and I have been talking quite a few times recently about all the Paragon sound systems that we've encountered in Japan, that, that unique, just to, to remind our listeners who may have forgotten, uh, the Paragon system was, was one that, that stopped production in the early 1980s. And there's allegedly only about 60 of them left uh, in Japan. These are gigantic audio systems, okay? They're huge, huge. Wide. Huge, not the kind of thing you can really have in your house. So Paragonian is named after uh, the Paragon system that the owner, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Kikuchi, uh, purchased. And the story, I'll, I'll make it as quick as possible. Kikuchi-san is not a music guy and not a jazz guy by trade. He's just a big jazz fan. He spent decades in the wine business. He was an importer and exporter. He traveled around the world. He even received a, um, okay, I'm not going to take a chance on the French here, uh, Philip, maybe you would be a little bit better than that. Oh, go on, do it, do it, just please, just because you've already upset the Europeans. You might as well annoy the French even more. All right. Hiroshi is a uh, Audre de Coteau de Champagne. <laughs> okay. So okay. I mean, uh, he's a, that didn't even sound like French to me, but I mean, uh, sure. Okay. Let's put it this way. He's got two of these. I won't read the other one. He has two certifications or two titles um, from France uh, from his uh, being a sommelier and being a wine dealer. So, you know, he's, he's spent many decades in that. Uh, and then he retired. He's about 70 years old. And uh, one day, a friend of his called him, a dentist friend of his up north, and said, Hey, you know, it's, very, it's really sad, man. The half note. A little bit up north from Sendai is closing. Um, Philip, you and I never got to the half note. It's a, it was it was a we very did not old know. jazz kisa, very very old jazz kisa that was very well known in the north. And and the owner up there was um, was closing. He sadly passed on now. Um, he was ill when he closed the shop. And and so um, Hiroshi's friend called him and said, "Well, look, let's go up and buy some records." Okay, because uh, you know he's selling off his his very vast collection. So they drive up to the half note. And uh, Hiroshi says to the owner, wow, that, that speaker system looks like a, like a paragon. And so they start chatting about it. And the owner of the half note says, yeah, you know what? Um, why don't you buy it from me? I mean, just like that, out of the blue. So Hiroshi purchases, he didn't tell me how much it cost. This massive paragon system has to transport it by truck, rent a truck and get it taken back to his house. He did not mention what his wife said when he when he somehow got it put into their house. Thankfully, <laughs> they, they live up in Tohoku, so the houses are a bit bigger. But um, in, you know, long story short, he decided to 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 build a new structure to house the Paragon system and to make a jazz cafe. And um, Philip, you know, people sometimes talk about you know in Japan how how cheap the housing is, and I can attest to that. It's pretty pretty cheap in quality compared to what you might see in other countries. But Hiroshi did not spare any expense. And uh, here I'd like to throw it over to you. How would you describe this? This it's not a house. It's and it's not a building. It's it's more. Well, like it's definitely it's, it's definitely a bit. It's cabin. definitely a built. It's definitely a building. Like I mean, well, I think. A building doesn't that doesn't that doesn't give it justice because it doesn't have it's not like it's a flat three story type of building it's 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 more one gigantic space with a huge high tall ceiling with a cantilevered ceiling made entirely yeah. of wood. Um, yeah, and not only I mean, just to be clear, it does have it does have a roof because I mean, I, we just can't have people thinking it's not an actual building because it's <laughs> you're making it sound like it's sort of sort of glamping experience. But yeah, the, I tell you what, the closest thing I probably think we've been to 
The only thing that's really comparable would be Woodside Basie, I think, because, it, yeah. like you say, it's it's made entirely of it's a, it's a new build. Obviously, it's made entirely of 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 wood, uh, all beautifully wood paneled inside. Um, has a, a fairly standard roof outside, but um, you know the the top parts of the eaves of the roof is all uh, glass, so there's just beautiful light in it. Um, and then obviously the Paragon the Paragon speaker sits down at one end so when you come through the doors the first thing that hits you is is the paragon speaker and then there's and it just has this luxury feel right because all the seats that are there are kind of really nice leather armchairs that are and they're all facing the um the the speakers and then down on the left hand side you have this um piano and actually then if you turn around from you come when you come in the front door there's actually another huge set of of JBL speakers behind you very similar i think if not the same as the ones in candy and then all along the right hand side you have this incredible like wood counter with just mm. record box after record box after record box oh it's yeah. absolutely I mean, stunning he's, place he's, stunning he's got he's got over seven thousand lps and cds um not just jazz he's got a lot of classical music european classical music as well and um oh and then that's right philip we forgot on on the entire so that's the whole right side of, of, of the place and on the left side is is a sort of a gallery space where he has a track lighting it shines onto the wall and he and he holds where he has various artists uh, bring their work there um, what he has up on the website what I saw when I visited was was somebody who had done jazz cover art so they did sort of like pen and ink drawings or you know oil paintings of, of various jazz album covers and so he said that uh, yeah you know he wants to make this space not like your old traditional sort of jazz kisa, which was, you know, much darker and kind of just, you know, people sitting and focused only in on the music. So he's got it so that you've got a space where artists can sort of share their work. He has live music about maybe only twice or three times a month right now. Um, and the biggest feature, I know this would appeal to you, Philip, not to myself since I'm not a wine drinker, but him being a, a wine expert. Did you say, did you say wine shop, drinker there? Yeah, I'm not a wine drinker. Oh, sorry. I thought you heard. I, th I thought you said something else. Carry on. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Because I was going to disagree, but it's fine. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what you thought I said there. But uh, when you come into the shop, you look to the right, and he's got. Um, he was just setting this up when I visited six months ago, so maybe he'd already had it when you went in April. But he was going to start selling um, real vintage bottles of wine there as well. So he's combining a, a mixture of the Jazz Cafe, obviously the great coffee, the incredible sound. But also at night, you can buy wine by the glass. You can buy a bottle. Yeah. You can buy a bottle to take home. So he was he was saying that it was really important to him because he, he understood as, as a longtime customer of Jazz Kisa that that era, sadly, as we've documented again and again here on the show, uh, that era is slowly dying out. And if you want to start a new business, um, that's probably not the best business model that you could choose. So he's combined these two things, these two great loves and passions that he has, which is which is music and wine. And he's put it into this absolutely stunningly beautiful space. Um, I, I was completely knocked out as soon as I walked in there. Yeah, I mean, you see it actually even in the signs. When you step outside, there's that. I think there's like a, a sort of a, a park or like a, a a piece of open land next to it. But and this chain link fence, which is sort of very reminiscent of a lot of 
Tokyo and, and Japan at large. But the sign says actually Paragonian. And, and in fact, it says jazz cover art gallery, jazz listening cafe and jazz wine bar. And then also wine shop. And, and the best part for me, because I love a pun, is that the wine shop is called Grape Sounds. So it, it's just, you know, it, it puts me in mind of like ton list as well. You know, someone who's taken two things they love and put them all together. Yes. And actually <clears throat> some of the jazz art you mentioned there is actually, um, it's Takao Fujioka, who's like, you know, these designs are very well known. And he has quite a few of these original prints hanging on the wall so it just the whole place has this really beautiful luxurious feel and when 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 I, when I went I was with Tom on the way back actually from being up in Akita and Aomori that we've been talking about in the last few episodes and we were on our way back down to Tokyo there was a, a little bit of a deadline so this was the pit stop on the way and we were there for probably mm. about an hour but it was just one of those lovely moments because when we arrived you know I'd, I'd had a little bit of back and forth with Hiroshi on uh text you know about what time would be there and so on and of course you know true the man the man is a is a very classy guy and when we arrived uh he he welcomed us and, and ushered us in and you know he had reserved these front two seats right in front of the Paragonian so Tom and I just sat down we had this beautiful coffee you know the sound was great and very graciously you know he came over uh, and we had a good uh, chat uh, his English is just impeccable, right? He speaks beautiful English. So we had a really nice chat and um, he did say, you know, when you when you come back next time, you, you know, you got to come in the evening. There's a, there's a kind of B&B type place nearby. Uh, so I think it would be a, a really nice place to experience at night as well. Just go for some wine and sit for a few hours. And it's just the sort of space that like when you sit down, you don't like you could sit there for hours and like the time mm. would just, you wouldn't even notice the time go by. Right. I mean, just amazing place. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, it, it's another really good example of, of this kind of evolution of some of these spaces that probably will ultimately save that kind of listening culture, at least at large, because like the, and we, we've had a few people on this most recent trip and we'll get on to those stories when we're down in Kansai as well, really kind of reacting and, and kicking back against this, you know, sort of a, this typical image of the jazz mm. kisa as being a really dark, smoky, kind of like a slightly aggressive and, you know, kind of unfriendly space just mm -hmm. to sit, you know, very, you know, in a very sort of serious way and listen to music. And, and, you know, that, like you said, you know, maybe those days are gone and, and this is kind of the future to to combine these different interests. So Paragonian, oh, an absolute yes, that's, amazing that's spot. That's exactly right. The, the, the combination, right, because you still got a lot of the great records. Um, he played some really groovy tunes for me when I was there. Um, you've got the, the, this, this Paragon system, which, yeah, I've, just double checking the notes. I mean, it, it, it's funny because, you know, I mentioned that it was very random that, that the owner, Onodera-san at Half Note, you know, off to sell to him, but you know, Hiroshi told me that you know he had been looking for a Paragon system for a long time. Yeah, um, but they were they were very very expensive. Some people didn't really want to sell them, so would overly you know overly price them, or some were in poor condition. Um, and so for him to find one that was in really really good condition, and 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 remember, some of our listeners, in fact, somebody who just got in touch with me yesterday about <laughs> something else is going to know about this, but um, some of our listeners are audio people more than you and I, Philip. But the Paragon system, there's only I misspoke earlier. There's only one thousand of these that exist worldwide now. Um, of which uh, anywhere between 65 and 75 are in Japan. 
it's surprising. You would have thought there'd be more here, considering how yeah. insane people are for their audio. But I mean, because they are so expensive, they're so big, and also um, the space, it, right? Like it's it's the space yeah. that they take up. I mean, obviously, we went to Paragon, and even mm-hmm. if you if you think back to Paragon, you can see the the photos on the TokyoJazzRoom.com. If you go to the website, like they had the Paragon, but it was very. It didn't feel like this one because it was tucked and and the one in Pia as well that we were talking yes. about last week because it, it it's kind of it was tucked in and there was a lot of stuff around it a lot of stuff sitting yeah. on top of it and it didn't feel that kind of that same expansive sense that you got from from right. from Paragonian and others and, and the condition places, was incredible. Those places as well, where, you know, were outside of Tokyo. You know, Paragon, um, yeah, 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 Kyushu, which is kind of like in the highway spot. Remember, it was like I was like a highway. That's trainer, right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Pia was way up in Almory. You don't, you don't really see these these Paragon systems much in the, in the Kanto area. You know, as much as you might think. Um, maybe a few people might have them in their house. I can only imagine, but but yeah, it's it, it is a, a very special place. Um, Hiroshi was just an amazingly warm dude, and you know I highly recommend people if you are heading up north. And I mean, why wouldn't you be after our four part podcast here? You know, there's a, we know that a lot of people who listen when they do come to Japan, they contact us and they 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 follow some of our stories and go up to some of these places. But you definitely want to go and stop by to to uh, to, to Paragon, and we really want to support him. Um, as so that he can, you know, he can keep the place open. And I do think that actually this summer he started doing a couple more, more frequent live events too. Uh, so I'll make sure that I post that info, you know, as it comes in. Well, actually talking to people going to, to places, James, uh, just one other thing occurred to me from, from someone else who was at the party. It comes to some of the listening events, a lady called Claire, a uh, big jazz fan, um, and uh, came down on her own to the party. Uh, we, you know, uh, invited her over. So she sat with us and chatted. And actually she had uh, just been back from Japan for the first time because her daughter is now working there. And she just moved recently to Tokyo. So she went out to see her, went out to visit her. And before she went, she'd asked for a few recommendations. So I, for for Osaka, Kyoto and um, for Tokyo. So I sent her, you know, a list of a few of our favorite places and, and some of the places that we'd been more recently. And incredibly, right? <laughs> I'll give you three guesses, right? So, uh, where where do you think she went in Tokyo? Which 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 key city you reckon she went to? In in Tokyo, well, if following our our discussions, I mean, I would guess um, Samurai Egakon, uh, Narcissus, Paper Moon, or Pithecanthropus. Let's go with one of those five. Intro. Intro. Wow. <laughs> Deep one, right? Nice, right? <laughs> nice. That's what I thought. And, and, and wait for this. Wait for this. So, and awesome. Kyoto. So, what about Kyoto? Oh man! Intro in Tokyo. Exactly my reaction. Very deep place. She also went to one place in Osaka. Now we'd just been recently, so the list was a bit bigger of places that we'd been. Where do you think she mm. went? We'd just been recently. Okay. Um, well, I mean. It's it's not going to be Bird because that's the most famous one, and we've talked about that a lot. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dear Lord. It's almost like you knew James. Hey, you know I know our fans, Philip. Come on, I mean. So like, yeah, so she said, "Oh, I went to two." Pl- she said, "I went to two places," and I said, "Oh yeah, we're expecting, like you say, Bird, maybe Bird Fifty Six and Paper Moon or or Samurai Intro." And dear Lord, and I thought, wow, like those are two 
I mean, just very different places, not the ones that maybe you expect. Like, so, you know, mm. f- fair play and like shout out to, to, to going a bit deeper. And uh, we're going to be mentioning uh, Dear Lord in an upcoming episode, aren't we? Because mm. that was one place that both of us really kind of blew us away in, in every mm. in every sense of the word, right? So, Oh, but well well done, Claire. That's, that's just, uh, <laughs> that's really great. Yeah, no, because again, those are not places at stations that I think tourists who come, uh, especially if it's only their first or second time in Japan, not going to really get to Takadana Baba in Tokyo, uh, which is where intro is, if you could even find it down in the basement. Exactly, and right? Dear Lord, I mean, I yeah, literally, dear Lord, what station? Literally, dear Lord. In Osaka. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I can't even remember where that was in Osaka. Um, and Osaka is a, is a punishingly difficult city to get around because everything looks alike. It's just concrete as far as you can see it's even worse yeah. than Tokyo. so that's that's a really good job getting there um yeah that's that wow i'm, I'm happy that we can get to talk about that soon actually because i've got a lot of notes about it so but before that james before we talk about that i feel like perhaps i just get this sense i don't know i have this feeling in my gut call it intuition don't know what it is but i just get this sense that there's potentially breaking news about to come <sighs> philip we we are so in sync as we are always. i knew it not i knew only, it not only is there breaking news um all right there's there's bad breaking news we're gonna, we're gonna oh, get the no. bad you always start with the bad news okay you got to start with the bad news because i don't want to go out today and have to wait two weeks to like you know going out with that sad feeling but um definitely some sad news uh a place that we visited just when you were here in april i'd only mm. been there twice jazz snack matsu we've we've not talked about it yet on the pod we will be in an upcoming episode um but i got a very very strange sudden tweet in my jazz twitter feed um and it was from the shop itself, but definitely not from the owner, who was a very old man. It was the college student that worked there. And it said that we're, we're closing in two weeks. And that was it. That was all the information that came. Nothing else. And Philip, you and I know, we've done this long enough. We've seen a lot of places close. Um, sometimes you get that very long, drawn-out closing where they do the yeah, Japanese yeah. polite thank you letter. And all the customers yeah, yeah. go for a final a final sign, not a drink, and the pictures and all of that and sometimes they announce it and then they never close like minton house in yokohama which is still open five years after he told me he was closing because of a legal dispute with the build the building's owner um but this one was yeah totally out of the blue um i've put out my feelers to try and get the story uh, a couple people said oh, well we've heard this and that but it's not yet certain so jazz snack matsu um another one that we missed it closed during the height of the covid period philip uh you and i went there together we only went once it was nefertiti in chiba Do oh you yeah how far it was to get to nefertiti i mean it, an hour and that was in a car too right it took forever right and at a 20 minutes from the station by the suntory whiskey factory i mean yeah like yeah the yeah countryside you know um nefertiti closed i heard that the owner the very lovely kurita-san one of the best uh portrait pictures that you took he had just such a beautiful smile yeah, he was such a nice man jovial guy yeah uh he's packed up and he's living in ibaraki prefecture which is farther north of chiba so nefertiti's gone and then uh one that i just got the other day and and this one philip i'm gonna be honest this one crushed me a bit man it was our friend in in shinjuku uh shiramuren the great golden guy 
uh, bar uh, run by Otsuka-san. Um, regular listeners, and now I know we've got very loyal regular listeners, are going to remember way back episode four, three years ago, when we recorded in April 2020, we did an episode, um, episode number four, and it was about um, wandering around Shinjuku, one of the great jazz areas of Tokyo, and we talked a lot about this place called Shiramuden. And um, that episode is called The One-Armed Master, Shinjuku Part 1, because Otsuka-san, the owner, only had one arm, and he ran the bar. Uh, he still ran the bar, uh, you know, by himself. Um, a real important place for me. I mean, I, I spent so many summer nights there um, when I was a student, and then when I lived in, in the Shinjuku area, um, just, you know, enjoying that kind of cinematic sort of Japanese old movie jazz bar vibe. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, Philip. You know, the seventh yeah. place with the sort of grumpy owner. And um, it came out of nowhere uh, from good friend of the show, uh, Mitch, Mitch-san, it's Mariatozaimas. I know he listens sometimes. Uh, he he put out on Instagram that um, Shamanen was closing uh, today. It's the day that we're actually recording this. Um, so I only got two days of notice. Uh, so I couldn't make it back to Shinjuku, sadly. Um, but man, Philip, what a bummer. I mean, I know. this place is just legendary, you know? And I remember the first time we went, actually, because it's such an intense experience because it's it's a tiny bar. Uh, there's not many seats. And then obviously, the, particularly the first time we went, I, I just will never forget the way that we, we got that bowl of kind of what, seemed a bit like sort of bird feed and then just this massive <laughs> bottle each of Kieran just like sort of thumped down on the counter. Um, they were huge as well. And I remember actually that was really, really early on in the project. And and I mean, I've chatted about this before, but just that that confidence or that feeling of, you know, getting the camera out and taking photos and it just, that whole way of doing it wasn't really established and, and very smooth mm. at that point. And, and actually, you know, I, th I think I took a couple of photos in the, in the bathroom and then I think the rest were just on the phone. And actually we, the photo that happily is in the book um, is in fact from the second visit. Cause we went back and I remember, you know, we chatted with him a bit more then asked to take mm -hmm. pictures and, and I got that photograph and also Nefertiti happily is, is in the book um, as well. Unfortunately, Matsu is not, but it just reminded me of the last thing that Hiroshi said to me when we left Paragonium, which was, uh, it's such a shame that my place is not going to be in the book. Uh, and I <laughs> sort of said, well, maybe in the next one. So, you know, uh, a way down the line, but um, yeah, it just, you know, it just makes you think, isn't it? That, that not only the fact that, we're able to photograph, go and visit these places and photograph them, but just that we've been and we're able to experience them, you know, because you still have that, but it really brings home time and time again, you know, the owners are getting older and these places really are, you know, threatened, like their survival is, is, is really precarious. And, and it's such a shame yeah, the, because they're the gorgeous ratio, places. The, the ratio of places that, that do get, a young successor or maybe a family member are far outweighed by those that absolutely yeah. are, are replaced yeah. by nothing. Um, but Philip, as I, as I mentioned, we're going to go out on a happier note and um, wasn't all facetious at the beginning of the show. Uh, I have been hitting the road, doing some more investigative work for you, taking those good notes, taking those pictures. 
I went the other day uh, for the second time way, way north in Adachi Ward, which is all the way to the, the tip-top north of Tokyo. So from my house in Yokohama, this is three trains plus a 15-minute walk, about maybe 100 minutes total to get there, almost two hours, um, to a place called Jazz Kisa Altec. Altec, as many of our listeners will know, yes, Altec speakers, because he has a gigantic Altec sound system that he put together himself. Um, Philip, not only was Altec an absolutely stupendous place, one of the first that it'll take you when you get back for your next trip, but I finally made this milestone. I got to my 300th jazz joint. Can you Nice. 300. So I was I was so thrilled and and again it kind of reminded me like because I was thinking about the news of these places closing and then while I was on my third train trying to go there and it was about 190 degrees outside <laughs> I just kept thinking like really am I doing this just to go have one cup of coffee? You oh know? that feeling, like this, that feeling, yeah. It better be worth it and and I walked in and immediately I, Philip honestly I I almost had a tear in my eye I was like yes it's it's so completely worth it I mean Altec was absolutely wonderful and I cannot wait to take you there when you get amazing next visit amazing yeah well I I misunderstood when you said hitting the pavements I thought you just had been drunk <laughs> you just drunk too much and fallen down but I realize now that you're you, you meant sort of shoe rubber um and yeah I uh, like seen uh, that before right? <laughs> no 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 um we're um yeah well look you know it's I mean like you said, ending on a high, and and I think it, it as much as we talk about the decline of these places and and how sad it is, you know, it's it's also refreshing to know that there are places, and we've discussed places like Tonlist, even Step, which is not a new place, but somewhere that's still going reasonably strong, and you know, there is there is still that scope uh, for places, and obviously new places opening, and and as we've discussed even today, you know, evolving into slightly different spaces, but it's wonderful to see that. So we're we're back in Tokyo in the next episode, uh, which is perfect because that's where I ended up after Paragonian. And uh, we've got a couple of uh, nice places, quite different, but nice places to, to chat about there as well. In the meantime, um, if you're listening to this and you have received your book, uh, I hope you love it. Um, and please do, you know, post online, share it with other people, get the word out there. We're dying to hear your feedback. Uh, we're dying to reshare your stories and uh, we really want to see it get to all of those 36 countries. So thank you so much again for all of your support. Uh, we do not take it for granted. We do really appreciate it. And James, um, it's probably time for you to put your air conditioner back on, isn't it? <sighs> More than time, man. <laughs> it is so well. You've done well. You've done well for 42 minutes. <laughs> It's just, Philip, <laughs> seriously, man, you, you, you often tell that story about uh, when you first came here from, from, from uh, as, as a wee young, innocent lad from Northern Ireland, I, first yes. summer, yep. wearing a dress shirt and, and an undershirt, um, you, you'd be sweating like a pig even more than that now. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. It's, Although, it is nuts. Looking out the window, so, I don't know, I might take it because it's just unbroken gray slate gray skies here and rain so that's you know why it's, so it's, much it's, for it's summer if you come back in the winter uh, for your next trip so we we don't have to worry about that we'll be more than energized and bundled up to to, to start wandering around but um always a pleasure man i can't wait to uh continue the journey uh when we talk again in a couple of weeks yeah i'm off to canada for a couple of weeks for non non-jazz related photography and we will be back with a new episode in two weeks time in the meantime, 
look after yourselves. James, take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon. You bet, buddy. And thank you to everyone for, uh, again, all the support. Thanks to everyone coming out to the events there in Ireland. And, uh, yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the book. Talk to you soon, buddy. See ya.